Hello, and welcome to Ready and Newman's daily podcast, your go-to place for common questions about immigration to the United States. Ready and Newman is a team of experienced business immigration attorneys who handle a host of visa categories and complex immigration cases. This podcast will provide an insight into our daily free conference calls hosted by our attorneys, as well as discussions on hot immigration topics. Please note that information provided is not to be construed as legal advice for your specific situation and does not constitute an engagement with Ready & Newman PC or establish an attorney-client relationship. For specific advice on your situation, please contact an attorney. Here's your host. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, My name is Ryan Wilk. Uh, I'm one of Rahul's partners. Uh, He wasn't able to join today, so I'm going to step in and field the questions from everybody. Um, So, Shri, would you like to pick the first uh, first question? Pooja? Pooja, Pooja, you need to unmute yourself. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi, Pooja. Uh, Hi, I'm Pooja. Yeah, hi. So, my issue is like, uh, I'm an F1 student. Uh, I'm in my OPT and I applied for STEM extension. But uh, after a month, I got a rejection letter from STEM extension saying like um, some missing data. But the problem is my current OPT is expired. So like USA is told to like resubmit the application, but I'm scared that my current OPT is expired if I can do that or not. So your OPT is expired? Yeah, my current OPT is expired. Yes. When did it expire? Uh, June 1st, this month 1st. And when did you file the extension? Extension, I said, uh, yes. What was the reason for the rejection that they said? Uh, missing data. Like my I-765 form, like there was uh, a checkbox and I didn't, I think I didn't uh, correct it. Like I had one mistake in my I-765 form. They didn't mention it properly, but I'm thinking mm-hmm. that is the reason for it. Okay. Um well, yeah, so your work authorization is not valid. Your your I-94 is good, so you still have lawful presence. I would say go ahead and throw it back in the mail as quickly as you can um, and just hope. So you can stay here, right? Um, mm-hmm. you're, I hesitate to say whether you're in status or not, but your your presence is lawful in the U.S., right? Because your, your I-94 has DS on it. Uh, and so I would say take the chance and 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 refile it, put it in the mail today. Um, if you can, and and just take your take your chances. Um, if they reject it, reach back out because I think, I mean, it's, you're going to need more legal advice than information at this time. And so I would say right now, just take the chance and, and refile it. Um, worst case scenario is that it gets denied, and you or, or me and Rahul will have to speak again. So just take that chance right now. Yeah, sure, I'll do that. Uh, do you, like any other. Uh... Like after this, if it's again get rejected, any like options, other options? Um, you could. And you don't. You weren't selected in the lottery or anything. And you, mm-hmm. I mean, no. but so My okay. So so for for me, it's about how do you stay in the U.S. lawfully, right? And so for me, it might be you have to get another F one visa and go for another course of study, and and maybe you miss out for a year of work. I mean, I'm giving you worst case scenario right now, and just to kind of prepare mm-hmm. you mentally, but. That's what it may be, unfortunately. Um, you'd, you'd go back to the consulate, get another F1 stamp, and come back for a new course of study. But if USCIS isn't, um, let me ask you this: Do you think USCIS was proper? Were, were they correct when they rejected the case? You maybe missed miss the box or something. 
uh no like no. i i don't think there was any uh, problem with my documentation i think i missed some of the details mm-hmm. in my i765 form i think that is the reason why i'm more worried that my current opt is expired if i can apply it or will they even consider my application because my current opt is expired yeah um i mean let's say that it was filed improperly like you just didn't do what was necessary i think they're going to consider that at the end right um or maybe if it was uscs's mistake you can throw it back in and maybe try to explain it to them but if that's the case i think you might have to be looking at you're getting a new f1 visa unfortunately i mean there's really nothing else out there um i am not so I, sorry i don't have any better news I'll for you for the weekend again. yeah yeah i'll try filing it again thanks pooja monica monica so i am on my uh, 60 day grace period which uh, ends on july 23rd um uh, and my husband's h1 is expiring on october uh, in, in october so he has sent documents to his law office but we are not sure uh, yet uh, if they filed the case or not uh, everybody is on vacation so we do not have that information even uh, people from his hr team is also on vacation uh, this week they'll be back only on wednesday so we'll get to know okay. if they filed or not i mean we haven't received any receipt number so we are hoping that they haven't filed it yet so two cases let's say if they did not file can i include my h4 application with the packet as well and uh, if we do that if we request for a premium processing will my h4 also be uh, approved in premium yeah so that would be best practice or maybe best case scenario is that you're going to get essentially soft premium processing on your case if mm-hmm. you do it with your husband's filed concurrently and he does premium on his H1B uh mm-hmm. so it's kind of a way that you as the H4 can backdoor yourself in uh and i would also say throw the EAD in there because they should approve everything at the same time and so it's effectively you getting premium processing on your H4 EAD and this is the only way that you can really do that it's kind of a cheat code in the system sure. so and so if if, if if you can go that way do that way sure even if it is for the first time can i uh, apply for both H4 and H4 EAD together yes yeah oh i'm okay. assuming your husband has does he have I140 approval i i, I assume that uh, He does. He does that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then yeah, you can club them all together. Uh, do his extension. Oh. So um, plus your H four change of status plus the H four EAD and have him do it premium, and you should be able to get all all of those done and approved together. Sure. So it's, it's a new policy. It's just a few months old, and so um, in the past you might have just not been knowing, and so this is a kind of a newer change that USCIS so has. Does it mean that my H four EAD also gets processed in fifteen days? it should it should um oh. that's uscs's new policy so uh, it has it's been a nice little benefit so it's not a guarantee but that's what we've been seeing for sure um, so uh, let's say the if they have already sent the file and they have got the receipt back but let's say they haven't contacted the hr back uh, with the receipt number uh, can mm-hmm. i just like you know uh, file both of these applications based on the receipt number and make the whole file premium Uh no so you you so yes you can file us but you won't get the premium treatment like if you clubbed them with your husband's um it's good, they're just going to not see it that way anymore and so it's going to be your H4 change of status and you can put in the H4 EAD mm-hmm. in that package 
but uh, that's going to sit in the regular processing. And so find out what, what happened with the company and I'll kind of tell you what you can or can't do. Uh, by and large, like you, you'll be able to get the filing done one way or the other. It's just, will you get this kind of soft premium processing treatment? Depends on whether you might be putting in with your husband or not. And if not, then it's going to be, you know, four to six months typical Cool. Um, and within issue. can I travel within this four to six months? Uh, you wouldn't have a way back in, uh, so you needed approved. Essentially, you'd have to go to the consulate if not. Uh, sure. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm going to apply uh, for the H4 and H4 EAD, leave the country, uh, wait until it gets approved, and then can I come back in? I mean, would, would my H4 EAD, uh, I mean, would the application still be considered a legit, or will it be like you know nullified and I just have to go? Uh, I just have to do the H4 stamping, come back and get the EAD done again from scratch. I think you may have to get the EAD done again um, oh. if you do have to go that stamping route. So it's just a chance you, a so chance you take, case, unfortunately. So my best case scenario is get everything premium, get it approved, and probably after that I can travel. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And other quick question is my priority date is first than his. Um, so let's say if I have already got my H4 EAD, I can still, like when my date becomes current, I can still go ahead and apply uh, uh, for the GC being on H4 EAD, right? Yes, of course. Yeah, as long as you're in A legal status, it doesn't matter if you're a dependent or if you're the principal. Uh, mm -hmm. As long as you're in A status and your priority is current, yeah, you can file the 485. And your husband would be able to join you. So maybe let's say he's H1B and you're H4 and you're going to file as the principal on the GC, he can join your case, be the dependent, even though he's the H1B and you're the dependent on the non-immigrant side, if that makes sense. So uh, so uh, that being said, I need to be in the country to apply for H4EAD. I would tell you, yes. Okay, okay, okay. I, um, yeah, I think, um, uh, I think, uh, I just have so uh, one last question. Sorry. Um, so let's say um, if things get worse and if I have to like my uh, end date is uh, I mean the grace period ends on July twenty third. Um, so is it good for me to leave the country? Like if I have to, if I don't want to, like you know apply for H one right away, just wait for the approval and just do nothing over here. Instead, I can just go to my home country, right? So do you? What would you suggest? Would you suggest me to leave uh, before twenty third? on 23rd or after 23rd? I mean, would that matter at all? I mean, that's, for me, it's that's not like a really a legal question. That's more like you're asking me to be your, not your travel agent. I don't mean that like in an insulting way, but it's a, you're asking me to make a personal decision for you. Uh, and it's really, I mean, it is your choice. And, and I'll tell you that um, there might be a, one soft consequence. Would it, legally, would it legally affect, affect me in any which way? No, no, no. no. Okay. Uh, okay. It essentially comes down to do you do a consular, or I'm sorry, do you do a domestic change of status or do you uh, wait for your husbands to get approved and you go and you get the H4 stamp and you come back? So like, that's really what you're looking at is, do I do it okay. here and just wait or do I go to the consulate back home and, and get the stamp and come back? So that's that's what you're looking at. Okay, sure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Of course, thanks, Monica. Hey. Hey. Yeah, hi. So uh, I got laid off from my company a couple days back and uh, my I-140 got approved today under EB-1B. They filed it two months back, but the approval came today. Um, so my understanding is I can't use this to file 485, but uh, let's say if the employer with, withdraws within the next six months, can I uh, use this to port to another I-140 or is this like uh, totally 
and go on okay. iron 40. So say, is this your only i140 that you've got? So far, yes. So far, okay. Um, and so just let me run the facts back as I understood them. So the i140 has been approved, correct? And then they laid you off. I either right lost before my right job. Uh, two days okay. before I lost my job. Like the approval came today. Okay. Um, and so for me, the job loss before or after the approval, it does nothing to impact the validity of the I-140. Um, okay. And so I'll tell you that the moment that it was approved, that priority date sticks with you and it's going to stick with you forever. Uh, and so it's going to be your best interest to get that I-140 approval in your hand. So that way, when you go to the next I-140 petitioner for you, the next employer, uh, you'll be able to show that to them. That way, when they file their I-140, they can request it be ported and they'll pull that priority date into the, this new company's um, I-140. Okay. And so what's your current uh, non-immigrant status? Uh, I'm on a yeah, grace period. So 60 days starts. Okay. Okay. And so in terms of your sixth year window, where are you at? Uh, just, just second day today. No, no, I'm talking about your your H-1B. How, how, where are you at on your six year window? Oh, in the six year, I have three years. Okay, so you're in a good, you're in a pretty good spot then. And so um, what I would say to you is if you can ask the company not to withdraw the I-140 so before it gets to one day withdraw? one. Most the companies don't I, have I any idea. What, yeah, most yeah, companies like don't have any idea. They don't, it doesn't ah, trigger it. You know? Yeah. And so most companies, I would say, don't have any idea what a withdrawal is. They don't even know it exists. Um, and so they okay. may never even take that step. Um, okay. That's just a gamble that you might have to take. And so let's say let's say the I-140 got approved yesterday. Just It's going to be easier for a mental math or tomorrow, easier mental math. So July 1st, it got approved. You get it to the end of the year. That's the six-month window. That means that you can use that I-140 approval, even if it's withdrawn after the you know first of the year 2024. Uh, you can use that for H-1B extensions with anybody. And so you have three years okay. right now. Um, if you can so get I'm it, not this approval to go ahead. H-1B extension, I'll just file an... I'm not worried about that. I'll just file an NIW to be safe. But yeah, I was just worried of the priority because, you know, even EB1 India is retrogressing pretty fast. So yeah, that, that is, I guess, what, what was more important to me that I have something kicked in. Yeah, that NIW is a good idea for sure. Yeah, actually, the thing and is, I filed an NIW. Well. Yeah, the thing is, I actually filed an NIW before this. And uh, that priority date was earlier, but I haven't gotten the result on that. I got the mm -hmm. EB1B approval first. So my uh, NIW is actually still pending. If you feel confident in that NIW case, maybe it might be worth the $2,500 to you to, to do a premium upgrade. And that way you'll know and maybe not have to worry about, you know, is this other I-140 going to get to day one AE? Maybe you can spend $2,500 and take the gamble um, that your NIW case is going to be your golden ticket in terms of that continuous three-year extension until your priority does come current. Got it. And um, so one no, final sorry. question. So if I come back to this, uh, my current company, will that EB1B still be valid? Can I just file 485 based on that? Let's say if I come back to the same company after three years. If they never withdrew it, then yes, they can. It, it, it's like the I-140 never went away. Or simply put, the I-140 was approved. It was never withdrawn. So it existed that entire time. If they withdrew it, I would say refile the I-140 just to be safe. 
if, if assuming they, they do withdraw it. Um, and I guess they'll be yeah. the only ones who know that it was withdrawn. And will the case status be updated? Uh, and like USCIS has withdrawn if they do withdraw it? Uh, I would say like 60% chance the case status might change. To be frank, like it's they're they're not the best at updating that system, especially after the approval. Um, oh, so I wouldn't yeah. tell you to rest your head on the idea that uh, that it will change. I would probably say it's a forty percent chance if if it's withdrawn, um, but that might okay. change it. So yeah, it's that that online system's not the the absolute best um, in that regard. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ramesh. Okay. Uh, hey, Ryan. Uh, can you hear? Yes, sir. Hello. Yeah, so Ryan, actually, uh, just a quick question. Uh, so the, I have uh, my and uh, my spouse 485 application approved recently. Uh, the only thing is like, thank you. Only thing is like they adjudicated my spouse application three weeks before my application. So do you see this uh, could be a concern in the future or it's fine? Like they have adjudicated and we can just keep the green card. Everybody in the families has been approved, right? Nobody else is, is sitting out there pending. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I don't have any problem with that at all. Um, that's been, we've seen that trend a little bit where I, I'm assuming is your wife, she was the dependent on the filing. That's right. And she had a, yeah, we've seen that happening. We've even seen it in for these unlucky people where the wife gets approved as the dependent, then the visa clock changes over because of the next month. And then the husband's case is, is uh, backlogged again. And so, um, no, you guys are in a good spot. This isn't going to impact anything uh, in terms of the GC. If you guys go for the N-400, nothing. Um, everything was properly done, even though the, the chronological order might have been flipped. But no, I would tell you, Ramesh, don't have anything to worry about. Okay, so it's just a three-week gap. She got uh, her permanent residency established three weeks before me. <laughs> so Yeah, uh, yeah. just sometimes it's, it's funny things that USCIS does. But no, you'll be fine. Okay, great. And, and one more question. So we have this travel plan. So as soon as we receive GC, uh, is there any grace period after which we should travel or we can travel anytime after we receive our physical card? No, as, I mean, as long as you've got that card and, and you know, travel with it in your wallet, you're good to go. Um, what might happen is that that you'll show up at the border and it just didn't update in the system yet. So maybe they'll take you back for secondary inspection and they'll just have you sit there for 10 minutes and then you'll keep walking through like nothing happened. Uh, but no, as long as you've got that GC card, then they'll send you in the mail, you're good to go. There's no grace period. I would say travel the next day. You're, you're perfectly fine. Okay, okay. Thank you, Rania. Those are the only two questions. Of course. Thanks, Ramesh. Thanks, Ramesh. Have a good weekend. You too. Uh, sure. um, do you hear me? Yes, yes. Um, my employer initially offered um, um, a remote opportunity. It was clearly advertised as remote in job boards. I still have my uh, application showing a remote role. Now they're denying it. They're asking to return to office, which may be a business reason, but it was advertised as a remote opportunity. The interview was based on the idea that it is going to be remote. The discussion, there was never a conversation or a mention that, hey, you will eventually have to re uh, return to office a year later or mm -hmm. whatever. Now they're asking me to come to office. Maybe will I go to office or not? But they're denying that they have offered it as a remote opportunity. I'm quite disappointed. Everything is on over the call except for the application, right? The HR spoke over the phone. The interview was over the meeting. Nothing was recorded. At least I wouldn't have any proof. But mm -hmm. except for the application. So how do I proceed here? Um, can I file the compelling situations EAD? Because this is going to be a dispute eventually. I'm not going to be able to return to office because I've took a pay cut and joined a remote opportunity. So mm -hmm. this is not going to work. They're not going to revise the salary. So can I file compelling EAD? Uh, I would I would 
likely try to talk you out of the compelling circumstance EAD for a few reasons. Okay. Um, one, 99% of the time you're going to be better served on a non-immigrant visa versus the compelling circumstance EAD. Um, one, first and foremost, it's good for three years, the H-1B, um, assuming, yeah. you know, you have the I-140 approved. Uh, so it's always going to be good for three years. Um, and then you'll be able to travel, right? Whereas if you do the compelling circumstance EAD, one, we have to get over a hurdle first. H-1B, you've already been approved. You know your next one's going to be approved. And so that's locked in. For the compelling circumstance EAD, there's a hurdle we have to go. We have to prove a case, right? So we have to make an argument that you have a compelling circumstance. And we'll talk about whether this may or may not be a compelling circumstance in a second. So that's first. And then two, it's going to take four months for it to be approved. So you're going to be out of work for, you know, four months, six months, it could be. And then once it's approved, it's only good for a year. You can request an extension. That's not guaranteed. And during that time, you don't have any travel authorization. And so you really hem yourself in. Uh, and it, for me, it should really be used as a last course of last resort. Now, now, does this fact pattern that you've brought, does that come to me? Is that a compelling circumstance? If you ask me to file this case, I'm not going to give you high hopes. I would, you know, we would, of course, do our ethical obligation to argue the case as best as we could. But I don't simply, I don't think taking a job offer with, and then showing up in the in the terms and conditions of the employment have changed. I don't think that that's going to be something that USCIS would say, okay, Ashok, that's a compelling circumstance. Um, that's just my view. And so I would tell you, if I'm in your shoes, maybe find someone who would do an H-1B transfer for you or, or you know, bite the bullet for the time being and, and go find another job on the market if this isn't something that's going to suit you. Um, yeah, I just don't think in the big picture, the compelling circumstance EAD is going to be going to create more things for you to do and things to consider than just showing up for a company you don't like working for for a little bit of time until you can find the next transfer. So um, I would say just take the bitter pill, eat the bitter greens for a little bit, and and the, the things will be better in the future. The compelling circumstance is just not going to be what serves you best, in my view. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I was wanting to see if it works for that case, um, but I understand. Thanks so much. Uh, have to bite the bullet. That's totally right. <laughs> yeah, all right, Ashik. Right, you have a good weekend, sir. We'll talk soon. All right, thank you. We'll try to do two more, team. Hey, uh, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Hi. So uh, basically, I was laid off from my company, and um, I'm on the H1B grace period right now. And I recently got uh, an offer from one of the companies, and uh, like they are going to start my H1B transfer process. Uh, but it's a regular processing; they are not uh, doing a premium processing. So I just wanted to know during this process. Can I travel internationally or should I avoid traveling uh, till match when B is approved? I would I would tell you to avoid the travel. Um, that's just point blank. I, I uh, It's not worth, I, I shouldn't say not worth. Worst case scenario is you get stuck out and you've got to go to the consulate and get your stamp. Um, but you're, you're going to be waiting for the H-1B transfer to be approved anyways, right? And so um, I would I would tell you to either talk the company into doing premium processing or, or just wait and don't travel. It's for me, it's just not worth the consequences or I should say the headaches uh, for you um, people. So I would say, yeah, don't travel. And I, I hate to give that answer, but 
that's going to be what's safest for you. Got it. Okay. Thank you. Of course. All right. Kirti? Yes. Uh, so I am on H1B with an approved I-140. My employment ended on June 2nd. Uh, and my grace period ends on August 1st. Uh, so I'm constrained to uh, convert to H4 in worst case using my husband's uh, I-140 with uh, his previous employer. So with his current okay. employer, his I-140 is still in process. So I could still use the old I-140 and convert looks like. Uh, and I also see that we can apply both H4 and H4 EAD together. And you were mentioning when you were talking to uh, Monica, about some premium processing. Is there any premium processing for H4, H4 EAD? So if your husband might be in a position to do an extension, I would say club his extension, do that extension in premium. And then in that packet, you add your H4 and the H4 EAD. That's the only way that your H4 and the H4 EAD gets the premium treatment. And so um, no, I'll, just, I'll just say it that way. That's the only way that you could do it is if your husband's in a position to also be doing an extension. Or maybe he could do a transfer. Uh, or an amendment. Um, that's another way. But uh, if your husband's not going to join the ride, so to speak, on this one, your case, the the H4 and the H4 EAD just sits in premium. And then um, I see that you you had in your question then to go back to H1B while H4 is pending. That's not a problem either. And then you could even do the H1B in premium. And what USCIS does kind of under their new policy is that they'll adjudicate the H4 change of status. And then like that, they do the H1B um, to get you back into status again, and then they do it at the same time. And so uh, it's a one way to speed up that bridge case that you've got. Okay. So what happens to H4 at that time if I apply H1? So that will be just be withdrawn and I will just be granted H1 change of status? USCS does kind of like a legal fiction where like, like this, they approve the H4. And then as soon as the finger hits, they, they look at the H1B and adjudicate that. And so it's not withdrawn. It's not considered like that because the bridge does have to be connected and USCIS just connects the bridge like that. In the past, it would be H4 is going to sit and then the H1B is going to sit. Now they look at them both together and they should be approving them. Not together because it's a one-two, but they, they do it at the same time. Okay. Okay. In that case, I cannot work on the receipt, but I have to wait for the approval and then I can, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, so my husband won't be joining because he just recently got his new H1B. So there is no extension. So in that case, you're mm -hmm. saying there is another route where it's uh, where I can take advantage of premium. What's the other route? I didn't get it. No, no. That For me, I think that's the only one is that if, if your oh, husband was along for the ride, that'd be the only way. Okay. Okay. Um, so if I, because I'm using his old I-140, right, uh, I'm like from his previous employer, to the current process, it wouldn't impact him in any way. My H-1B or H-4EAD nope. or anything wouldn't impact, correct? And when, no, no, uh, not at all. Okay, got it. So when they say both H-4EAD and uh, H-4 can be applied together, does it mean that they process it both together or does it in increase the processing time? Like does it double or maybe increase it by a month or so? I think the new policy is that they'll, they're trying their level best to do them together. So don't take that as a hard promise, but they should adjudicate them together. So it might be like four to six months, uh, but you should get them approved together. Okay. Okay. Got it. And uh, uh, so it, it's legal to apply to H4, like even at the very end of the grace period, correct? Like I don't know. Yeah, of course, to... that's what the grace period's for. Uh, you're, it's a grace period for you to find another non-immigrant visa. It doesn't mean grace period to find another H-1B sponsor. And so you could go to F visa if you wanted to, if that's what you really wanted to do. So no, uh, that's, it's me perfectly fine. 
Okay, okay. And if I have to travel out of the country at this point, uh, like even before I apply uh, for H4, right? I cannot uh, come back again, even with my stamping, my stamping, I have until 2024, but because I don't have a valid, uh, like I don't have an employment, I cannot really enter, right? Even though I have mm -hmm. the stamping until 2024. Correct, yeah, correct. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I think that should be it. Like even if, uh, like the H-1B transfer that we were talking about, in any case, it's better to always start the employment after the approval, not the receipt. Yeah, I agree, yes, okay. no, I agree. Okay. Sure. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, everybody. That's our hour or half hour there. Um, thanks for your attendance. Um, be sure to attend for the next conference call. Um, I think the newsletter and the website has the daily conference schedule. So thanks for your time, everybody. Uh, we'll speak again next week. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Ready and Newman Daily Podcast. We sincerely hope that you've taken something valuable out of it. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. For more information or if you want to make an appointment, check out our websites, rnlawgroup.com and immigrationgirl.com. Have an awesome day.